Good evening. It's good to see your face again. Last time I was here three years, two years ago. And uh, it's always a delight for me to uh, meet with you. Uh, my name is Minoru Chen, and I'm a brother, of course, uh, among you. And uh, I have a disclaimer, what they call disclaimer. You know, when they sell you some goods, they set a disclaimer. Like they want you to make aware of the real situation. So my disclaimer tonight is that I don't serve with the young people. Um, the last time I served with children and young people, young people I mean like junior high, was uh, 50 years ago. That's a long time. That's a long time. That may be uh, even older than some of your parents. So that's my disclaimer. I'm no expert. I'm not some serving one with the young people. Um, and um, I was just thinking about uh, this afternoon coming here of who you are. You know, what's, what's my audience tonight? Well, the audience I'm facing tonight here from this little brother here to maybe the senior, somebody senior. Uh, who, who are the seniors, the high school seniors here? Would you raise your hands? Oh. Wow, not that many. How about that? Okay, um, juniors, let me, let me just get a feel. Juniors, okay, all right. Sophomores, please. Sophomores, okay. Um, freshmen? Okay. Uh, ninth grade? Huh? <laughs> Tenth grade, I'm sorry, see, that's... Okay, huh? Oh, freshman is ninth grade. See, I, I, I gave you my disclaimer, so, so don't laugh at me. Okay, so uh, eighth graders, please, eighth grade. Okay, and then uh, seventh graders. All right, that's it, right? Okay, and there would be some of you who are serving people. Could you please raise your hand? Oh no, <laughs> too many serving people. Uh, how about parents? You're serving or your parents? All right, thank you, very good. Um, all right, now, um, what are we gonna do tonight? Oh, you see these chairs up here? So last minute I have this crazy idea, probably not so crazy, but I have the uh, thought that tonight we'll break up some formalities, a way that we would usually do these things uh, at a meeting like that. And uh, because I, tonight I have no feeling to give you any message. Now I know there's a sheet of paper on your hands. You can fold it up and don't throw it away. Just fold it up and put it in your pocket because I'm not going to use it. Right? Then you say, why did you give it to us? Well, I just want to give it to you. All right? So you can go back and take a look at it. Maybe, maybe, maybe three years from now, you, 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 you see this thing fall out of your bag or your pocket. 
maybe that's the time you, you, you get into it. But for sure, for all the serving ones and parents, this is a good little uh, outline, actually, for you um, in your service to the, uh, to the young people. So I wanted tonight just be here and be very relaxed and not give a message and just have a very, very intimate talk with you. Um, so let's imagine, close your eyes, imagine this is not Arcadia Meeting Hall, all right? This is, this is your living room, all right? Tonight we have a rather large living room here. I wish there's some fireplace, but that will be breaking the city code. So no fireplace, but we're in the living room. And so the first thing to do tonight is to uh, put up some chairs here. I'd like to ask for some volunteers among you. Now, uh, oh, hold up, oh, hold on, oh, hold up. And uh, I'm going to, just for tonight, if you don't mind, I'm going to always disappoint somebody, so, all right. Um, I like to just ask for those who are, uh, what, what grade, 10th grade upwards or something like that. Does that, is it a good demarcation? Okay, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Now those of you who are below that, don't be disappointed because I'm going to come again <laughs> in, in, in two years or something like that. <laughs> and, and you, you, you you'll be bigger and you, you'll, be, you, you'll be qualified. Now, number one. Number two, I like to have a good representation from uh, different uh, cities, churches, so that's not all your buddies sitting here. Uh, I like to have uh, brothers and sisters from different churches, locality. To, now, we cannot get every locality uh, so first come first serve, all right. So I like right now uh, you to think about it, whether you want to come up or not, and maybe some of your parents, serving ones, may encourage you, I do not know. Um, so I have 16 chairs here, and so this side is for sisters, and this side is for brothers. So eight brothers and eight sisters, okay? Uh, you're going to have to be ready to sit up there the whole night. Otherwise, don't come up here. No bathroom breaks, okay? You just come up and sit there for the next period of time. So if you can endure that and you don't mind people staring at you um, and, you, and most of all you want to be close to me, then you can come up. All right. Uh, Now's the time. Let, let's keep the noise down. Let's not make noise. Okay, let's not make noise. Let's not make noise. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. You should not know basically the other people on this platform. If you know someone, then you're already too close. You know, nobody buddies. I want. I want different 
brothers and sisters from different uh, churches, you know, to, 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 to be represented. But we're, we need one more sister's, sister here. Oh, sorry. Brothers, come, up, come back here. Brothers, uh, you're on this side. Uh, we have one extra brother, right? <laughs> okay, so we have two more seats for two sisters. Different churches. Oh, three more seats, sorry. One more. We don't have a handheld mic, right? Arcadia Brothers, we don't have a handheld. All right, it's okay. You have handheld? Okay, can, you, can I, can you have it? And just give it to him. All right, let, let's have these people introduce themselves to us, all of us, okay? So you don't need to shout, you have a handheld mic, just put it close to your mouth and tell us your name, your grade, uh, your school, your locality, church, and your school name. All right, go. Uh, my name is Ethan, I'm in 11th grade, I go to Faith Baptist Schools and I'm from Hall 2. Where? In what city? Uh, Canoga Park. Canoga Park. Where's that? <laughs> it's up in the valley somewhere? All right. Okay. San Fernando Valley somewhere. Okay. I'm Theo. I'm in 10th grade. I go to Granada High School. It's in Granada. <laughs> and I go to Hall 2. My name is David. I am a senior in high school. And I am from San Diego. What school? What's the name of your school? The name of my school is Canyon Crest Academy. All right. Uh, my name's Edward Kim. Uh, I go to Cypress High School, 10th grade. Um, locality is Anaheim. My name is Nick Huff. I'm a junior at Troy High School. What city? What? City Fullerton. Fullerton. Hi, Saints. My name is Wesley. I'm a junior at Roosevelt High School, and I'm from Diamond Bar. Diamond Bar. My name is Matthew, um, sophomore, Ontario, Rancho Cucamonga High School. Uh, my name is Joseph. I'm a senior. I go to Oxford Academy, and I'm from Anaheim. We, we, we have two Anaheim here. Do we not? Okay, all right. Keep going. I'm Stephanie. I go to Acacia Wood. I'm a senior, and I'm from Santa Ana. Um, I'm Alessandra. I'm a sophomore, and I'm from Ontario. My school? I'm Monse. I go to Western. I'm a sophomore 
And I'm from Anaheim. From where? Anaheim. Also Anaheim. Mm. I'm Priscilla. I go to Cypress High School. I'm a junior, and I'm from Anaheim. Whoa. Hi, my, my name. Okay, all right, go, 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 keep going. My name's Catherine, and I go to Taft High School, and I'm from Hall 2. Hall 2, Hall 2 is LA, right? Los Angeles Hall 2, okay. My name is Miriam. I'm in ninth grade. I go to Acaciawood, and I'm from Anaheim. Well, I'm in 10th grade. <laughs> Okay. My name is Joyce. Um, I'm a junior, and I go to Eleanor Roosevelt High School, and I'm from Eastville. Eastville. I'm Jennifer Alvarez. I represent Monterey Park, and I'm a senior. Where are you from? I'm sorry. Uh, Monterey Park. Buena. Monterey Park. Monterey Park. Yes. Okay. All right. I think we need a little switch here. Sorry, sisters. Too many from Anaheim. <laughs> if we can get some representative not from Anaheim, from Long Beach, from Torrance, from uh, at least one replacement. Huh? Chula Vista is fine. Good. All right. Can All right. Tell us your name and all that. Hi, my name's Sarai. I go to Commerce Repertory Academy, and I meet in Chula Vista. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Okay, one more. We need one more sister from some locality. That is... Yeah. Okay. Rebecca, I go to Glendora High School. I'm a sophomore and I meet in the church in San Gabriel. San Gabriel, okay, all right. Okay. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank you for this time tonight because we didn't gather ourselves, you gather us together. We are all your sheep and you're our dear precious shepherd. Amen. You have called us together this evening Amen. to have a time with you, Amen. to be under your gentle and tender shepherding. Amen. Lord, do show yourself. Amen. Do be with us. Amen. Cherish us. Amen. Nourish us. Amen. Supply all of us, Amen. especially all the young saints in this room. Amen. We pray for your word. We pray for your living spirit. Amen. Lord, especially we pray your overwhelming love Amen. would envelop us, Amen. would embrace us. Amen. Lord, we just pray. Amen. Tonight we will have a new and fresh response to that love. Amen. We love you because you first loved us. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. Amen. We love you tonight. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what are we going to talk about tonight? So, um, first of all, um, since they're up here, I'm going to take the uh, advantage of them being so close. From time to time, I may pop some questions and I'm going to ask them to answer or try to answer. 
And I may even ask them, do you have a question? So they will represent you and maybe ask a question, all right, for me to answer. In any event, we're going to be real um, um, intimate and real um, relaxed about it. But that doesn't mean you fall asleep. Um, I need your attention tonight because we're going to talk about some very, very important things to you. <clears throat> the first thing tonight I'd like to tell you, and I say this with my whole heart, I say this for sure from the bottom of my heart to all of you young brothers and sisters. And that is God loves you. Amen. I want to say that. In fact, I want to say that over and over and over again until you're tired of me saying that. The Lord loves you. Jesus loves you. Every one of you. Each one of you. No matter your condition, no matter what you look like, I would even say no matter your reaction. To him, uh, no matter how sinful you are, we're all sinners, and no matter even how recently sinful you have been, you you were not good, you were bad, you failed. Uh, no matter what, and no matter your uh, personal situation, you know, you have certain weaknesses, you have certain uh, conditions, you have certain whatever it may be. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Jesus loves you. Amen. Now, in the church life, we encourage one another, and we especially encourage the young saints, particularly to love the Lord, right? We always tell each other to love the Lord. But tonight, I don't want to stress that, to tell you to love the Lord. Because, actually, um, we, we naturally can, do not love the Lord and cannot love the Lord in ourselves. And so I quoted that verse already in my prayer just now, a minute ago, and that is a quote from 1 John, the epistle to 1 John, by, by, um, the first epistle of John, um, chapter 4, and it's exactly just a short verse that says what I quoted. Um, we love God because he first loved us. And let me just quickly find that here. No, it's even shorter than that. We love because he first loved us. Why? It does not say we love him because he first loved us, and it just say we love 
Because if you read the context, you'll find that this love, the object of our love, is not only towards God. As you will see, it is also towards our brothers. So we love. We love God. We love our brothers in the Lord. And even we love men. We love all men because he first loved us. So tonight, I'm not going to charge you. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to require of you to love the Lord. Tonight, I would just say, let's open our heart and let the Lord love us a little bit. Let us open our being for his mighty love to flow in. Let us give him a chance to flood us with his divine love. And in the same chapter, in verse 10, there's a sort of a sister verse. It says this, Herein is love. So, you say, what is this love? This love of God and this love from God. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a propitiation for our sins. So tonight, in very, very simplest of terms, I'd like to tell you what God's love is. God's love is expressed in this profound and deep way by simply sending his son, Jesus Christ, as a propitiation for our sins. Now, what does that mean? I'll just be very, very simple about it. This word propitiation comes from the verb propitiate. It really means a peace. You know, you've got a problem. Someone has a problem with you, and you need to appease that person. You need to take care of his feeling. You, need to, you know what I mean? You need to satisfy him, make him feel good about you. So that is the meaning of propitiate. Well, no one, no man on earth, no sinners can make this, the righteous God happy. No, no one can do that. Why? Because by nature we're all sinful. And God hates sin because he is a holy God. And it's impossible for us to propitiate ourselves to God by ourselves. We need help. And that help came from God himself. And that is he sent his own son as a propitiation. That means he came to be a sacrifice. All right? In the Old Testament, you should know, these Israel people, they, you know, they have no way of taking care of their problems with God. Their, 
in their iniquities, in their kind of unrighteousness, in their sinfulness. There's no way they can please the most holy God, the most righteous God. No, no way. So God told them to uh, use these animals, ox and sheep and animals, kill them and burn them on the altar as a kind of sacrifice. And these sacrifices will take the place of the Israel people. You follow me? Actually, the Israel people all should die because of their sin. Just like all human beings should die because of our sinfulness that came from our ancestor Adam and Eve. But those animals, at least for a period of time in the Old Testament, took care of God's unhappiness, or the Bible say God's wrath. It's more than unhappiness. God was actually incensed and mad about anything that is not in agreement with his holy nature and sinless nature and righteous nature. But those animals are just animals. They are just a picture, they are just a type. They, they really cannot do anything permanent. So one day, God sent the unique animal to this earth. The unique animal. I should use the word, the unique sacrifice to this earth. And that sacrifice is none other than his own son, Jesus Christ. And it says here, we know that he loved us because he sent his son as a propitiation for our sins. And so tonight, the very first thing I want to talk to you, young brothers and sisters, is that you would have a fresh seeing a fresh feeling about what God did 2,000 years ago by sending Christ to be that sacrifice like a sheep led to the slaughter, silent. Christ was led to the cross to die there. And by his death there, he not only, he did not die for himself. No, he didn't. He need not die. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was God, the Son of God. But for you and for me, he died as a sinner. He had knew no sin, but he died as if he is all of our sins are on him. He went up that tree bearing your sin, your sin, my sin. And he died there on our behalf, vicariously, that is the word, on our behalf, for you and for me. Because of that death, God said, the righteous die for the unrighteous. The perfect one die for all these sinners. I accept that. 
and that's my son, the Lamb of God. I accept that. I receive that. I'm satisfied with that. I'm happy with that. And suddenly, he does not, God does not see us in his son as sinners anymore, as those that he would pour out his wrath upon in judgment. He saw you and I as sinless in Christ because on the cross, Jesus satisfied God. He also fulfilled every requirement that God has put upon the human race. Every single requirement Jesus fulfilled to the hilt. He did it for you and for me. And he died a painful death with great suffering to the point that even God for three hours would leave him and left him there without his presence. Perhaps there's nothing more painful to the Son of God than to have the Father leave him. But he knew what he was doing, and he willingly passed through that death and shed his blood, and that will accomplish redemption and bring to us forgiveness of our sins. Brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I've been saved now in two years for 60 years. I've been saved 60 years. Two years from now. Today, even today, I will tell you, I'm still thanking and praising God and the Lord for that death on the cross for me. When I consider that, when I touch that, you know what I touch? Immediately what I touch is the love of God. Because it is in that act that must be the greatest act of love there is in human history. That one sinless man died for all sinners so that all of them can be redeemed and be saved and not die and come under God's wrath. So, like the song we just sang, that's why I love him. And that's why I treasure him. Dear young people, I'm spending maybe too much time on just this point, but it is so important. So actually, really, there's no need to tell you to love Jesus or to love the Lord. Anyone and everyone who have 
tasted and who have seen and who have been touched by this act of God, this love of God, would have, would automatically respond with love back to him. No need to tell someone to love the Lord. I say, you just touch again what God has done, and you will automatically love him. And it, indeed, in the past 2,000 years, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions have been touched by this love, and they become lovers of God, lovers of Jesus, which propelled them, which impelled them, which compelled them to live a life, to live a life unto God, to live a life for God, to follow Christ, to serve the Lord. Many instances, even to die for his name. And that is all not by requirement, not by persuasion, but because they know that love. So I want to just leave you with that. I'm standing here tonight, still standing here tonight, because of this love. Now tonight, I want to talk to you about five things. Five things as my advice to you, as my, um, um, I wouldn't call it instruction, but advice maybe is a good word. Ad my advice to you, young people. I'm talking about junior high, right? All the way to high school. You know, you are, you may not know this, but someone labeled you already. You're called the post-millennials. You know that? That's, somebody put a label on you already. Some smart lady, it's a lady, coined Generation Z because before you, the millennials, some of them could be your older siblings, some of them could be your parents, for the younger ones, possibly. They were the generation Y, you know, they're the Y generation. And so, you are the Z generation, okay? Because after Y comes Z. And before Y, there is the generation X, okay? The Xers, all right? And then before that, you would have what? There's no generation W, sorry. It's people like me. They, they, they didn't have those alphabetical labeling in those days, so I am that generation. It's called the baby boomers. You never heard of those, right? Well, after the World War II, you know, the GI came home and started to have babies, you know? and a lot of them, 
And so a lot of them were born starting in 1945 and all the way to 1960 or so. And all the people born around that time were called the boomers. So I'm one of them. I'm a boomer, okay? But they're really W, you know, they're really W. You're Generation Z. And so Generation Z are those who are born uh, 1997, 8, right? All the way until now. So today, I would say that you're all Generation Z, and I think all the, your younger siblings who are in primary school, grade school, are also Generation Z. In fact, there's some Generation Z not yet born. There's going to be part of that Generation Z about 20 years. And uh, today in college, university, some of you senior, right? You're gonna to go to college. Well, those people who are students who are in college today, they're all basically Generation Z, basically. All right, that's what you are. And I was a little the brothers, I was a little thinking about this. I'm not superstitious, but I was thinking that 1997 is the year that Brother Lee died. So Generation Z truly came after that brother. Very interesting. That's you. Now, um, I have a hard time already connecting with the millennials. You know, me, the boomer, you know. Boomer means these old people, right? Okay. Um, who are in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. Those are boomers. Um, I already have a hard time connecting with uh, the millennials. So this afternoon, I was, today, when I was supposed to come here to talk, I was very nervous. I said, if I have a hard time connecting with millennials, I'm going to have a harder time connecting with the Generation Zers, which is you. So I, Lord, I said, Lord, please help me, that I can make some connection with them. So I hope so far uh, you're not tuning me off, okay? At least you haven't done that yet, I hope. Uh, let's have some connection here, some connection here. I like to, tonight, just in a talking way, um, uh, give you five areas of advice for you to go forward and go on in your life, your human life, your spiritual life, your church life. Now, I'm going to now pose questions to these. How come this, that seat is empty? Someone left. We need a replacement, a sister. Do we have a sister? 
If you don't come, I'll ask some Anaheim sister to come. Really none? Oh, okay. All right, come on. Very good. Take some courage to come up here. All right, that's your seat. And what is your name? Uh, I'm Aria. From? Oh, I'm from Diamond Bar. Oh, Diamond Bar, okay. <laughs> so, what do you think those five things are? So I'm gonna ask these guys up here. Let them answer first. You think about it too. Now, of course, these five things are not, not like, uh, drink more milk, you know, you know what I mean? So those are not that important. I'm, I'm obviously talking about something more important than that. Um, uh, okay, brothers, sisters, you have an answer for me? Don't be afraid. It's not, it's not in there. Don't, don't look at it. Well, I shouldn't say it's not in there, but anyway. No? Okay, go, go. What was the question? The question <laughs> is that tonight I want to give you five areas of advice to aid you, to help you to go on in a solid way, in a, um, in a good way, forward in your life. And that would include your personal life, spiritual life, your human life too, really, and also the church life, of course, right? Now, of course, when we talk tonight here, we're, we're in a, uh, in, in the, you know, we're talking about the Lord, we're in, in God's presence, we're, we have the Word, so we're not just talking about just some, you know, uh, just secular, you know, kind of thing. Uh, but you can be practical about it as well. So, okay, brother. Go. Love God. Huh? Love God. Love God. All right, not bad. Um, it's, it's part of one area. Very good. Staying, staying in the church life? Staying in the church life. Very good. I wouldn't put it that way, but it's part of one of my five areas. Excellent. The brothers are doing good. How about the sisters? Okay. Go. Always make time for the Lord. Or don't get distracted by stuff like schoolwork or hobbies. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's related to loving God, that area. Okay, you. Um, have companions so you can pursue the Lord with. Wow, these guys know what they're talking about. He said, <laughs> I, I'm sure they have been around for quite a while. So he, he, he said to have companions. Are you sure you didn't look at my sheet of paper? All right, okay, I trust you. All right, very good. So that is absolutely one belong to one area. 
tell him everything. Tell the Lord everything. Good. I would say that's good. That is related again to what he said about loving the Lord and what he said, spending time, right? Not be distracted. Hmm? I said always make time to spend with the Always Lord. make time to be with the Lord. Very good. You're getting it. All right. What else? Um, well, I have a more like secular one. Um, okay. Go on. Priorities. Know your priorities. Know your priorities. Well, uh, that's neither secular nor spiritual. That's a universal principle, you know, by the way, for us to uh, go on, even humanly, uh, practically, um, we, we need to set priorities for ourselves. Otherwise, we don't know what to do first, what's important, right? But that's a principle, not so much an area. Okay, who else? Um, choosing God over the world what? Choosing God over the world. Choosing God over the world. Mm, very good. Uh, let me see. Um, that is uh, a general statement, but I would say it, it's, it's, it's there. It's there. That's kind of like prioritizing things. Right? right? Okay. Who else? Did you say something already? Uh, I would like to. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I think adding on to that, something that really helps me is remembering that everything here that we have is going to pass away, but our Lord is going to be there forever. Okay. You said the Lord will be there forever. Everything else will pass away. Well, I'm going to, well, I'm going to leave it at that. It's good. Very good. Yeah. Going back to loving God, having a strong personal relationship with him. He's getting... Getting to the point, he said to have a strong relationship with God. You have something? You have something? Okay. If you have spoken, don't. Okay, one more. Okay. Uh, trusting in God. Trusting in God. Yeah, that's good actually, but. Uh, it's included also in, in some of the things that they were talking about. It's good. Go ahead. Pray, read, and take in his word. Pray, read, and take in his word. Yes, that's also part of your time with the Lord and touching the Lord and so on. Okay, did you all answer something? You haven't, right? Okay, now I'm not going to ask you. I think you're going to probably say similar things. Okay, all right. Um, so... Five things, and um, number one things is exactly what most of them said here, okay? I put it under one umbrella, one point, and that is you must take care of your personal relationship with Jesus, with Christ. And I stress that word, personal. Personal. And I'm not talking even about you, you know, meeting with the brothers or whatever. I'm talking about you by yourself, your time with the Lord, your love for God, uh, 
you're spending the time with him, you're prioritizing your time with the Lord. I'll tell you, this is why I started to talk to you about the love of God tonight, because it all starts there. It all starts there. Now, this is something that we talk a lot about, you know, in your young people's meeting, and so this is not new, what I'm talking about. But tonight, I just want to underscore this, underscore this. If you do not build up a intimate, ongoing relationship, personal relationship with the Lord himself, then I tell you, it's almost like nothing else will work. I would even say that even the church life would not work so well. The church life actually is sustained by brothers and sisters, the believers, all having a direct relationship with God. The church life is actually your enjoyment of Jesus, your experience of Jesus, your enjoyment of Christ, how little, however little that may be, limited that may be, but cumulatively added together, I tell you, that is the church, the church life. So if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or I don't have it, then there's no church life to speak about. Now, um, Uh, you don't need to look at that sheet of paper, but uh, that's why the very last point I have on your paper is from Second Timothy, uh, the word that Paul gave to Timothy about what? About um, fleeing youthful lusts, but pursuing, okay? Here it is, pursuing um, Christ. Pursuing all these different wonderful riches or aspects of Christ. And it says, with those, okay, I'm going to leave the word those for another point, but calling on the name of the Lord out of what? A pure heart. So tonight, in this one matter of building up your personal relationship with the Lord, I'm just going to, it's, there's a lot to it, but I'm going to just zero in, zero in one thing. Just one thing tonight. So, so you remember. And that is your heart. Your heart. Your heart decides everything. Your heart controls everything. Where your heart is, where your treasure is, I should say, that's where your heart is also. You know the song, 
That's why we love him. I love the second line. That's why we treasure him. Another point in this little sheet of paper says, we have Christ as a treasure in our earthen vessels. Brothers and sisters, do you realize what a treasure we have within us? I think many times we forgot. Or in the hustle bustle of the day, we forget. Listen, this is God. This is the Son of God. This is the Lamb of God. This is Jesus Christ living within us. What a treasure that is. What a treasure that is. Nothing, nothing is more valuable than that. Nothing is more, is richer than that. Nothing is greater than that. And we have it inside us. It was a day when the light kind of switched on in me that I saw this. Before that, I kind of knew it, you know, Christ in me, you know, I even can quote a few verses, Christ in me. But there was a day when I didn't just quote the verse. One day my eyes were opened, were open. This is around the time when I was in senior, in high school, and getting into college, early years of college. My eyes were open that this Christ did not just die for me on the cross. This Christ actually in resurrection became the spirit to live in my spirit. You, 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 it's not only a treasure, you have no one so close to you like Christ. Not even your dad, not even your parents. Nobody but Christ is in you so close, so dear, so near, and so available. And I also found out the way to touch him is very simple, by calling on his name and by talking to him, by praying to him, by singing songs to him, by breathing him. And that is something that I can do anywhere, any place. And I begin to build up a little habit, and that is every day, especially in the morning, I would carve out a time just to be with him, just to be with him. Um, nobody else, just me and Christ, just me and Jesus. You don't know, you don't know, brothers and sisters, how much that made me who I am and how much that took me until today, that sustained me until this very moment. So, young brothers and sisters, turn your heart to the Lord every day and prioritize this matter because this is top priority, to spend some time with the Lord
you can sing a hymn, you can just call on the Lord, you can pray something simple to him, very, very simple to him. And I'll tell you, that, that touch with the Lord, that simple touch with the Lord on a daily basis will change your life, will energize you to go on by putting fuel in your car and air in your tires so that you can go on. I hope this does not sound kind of boring to you because it is not boring. Um, and just keep telling the Lord you love him, right? Keep telling the Lord you love him. I like to actually use the word conversation instead of the word prayer. Because when you say prayer, it's always asking him to do something for you. No, no. It's not about asking the Lord to do something for you. It's about you, what? Having a conversation with him. All the time, even when you're walking around doing things, you can have a conversation with the Lord. Build that up. Build that up. Build that up. Okay? You don't have to be so advanced or whatever. Just at your age, you can build up that very, very intimate and close relationship with the Lord. Now, the second area I want to talk to you about is what? None, none of you said that, but one of you may, may have said it. Someone of you say, pray, read the word. Who said that? You said it. Okay. The second thing I want to tell you as an advice for you to go on is to what? Is to read the word. Read the Bible. You know, today, we live in a world, you all know that. You, you are the first entirely digital generation. You, you're totally digital. Me, I'm not. I still love my Bible with sheets of paper and some leather, you know. But you, totally digital. And you, you got, all you need is a smartphone and every single thing as if from the whole universe can, will go there. Am I right? I mean, anything you can imagine uh, in, in, in the world, on the earth, can show up on your smartphone. And daily and constantly you're bombarded with all kinds of things, all kinds of things. Um, news, well, I don't know whether you're into news or not. Do, 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 do you read news? Oh, really? Okay, news. Um, 
to the minute, real time, right? Because it's instant. Um, uh, what else? Tell me. What, what comes to your, your phone? Oh, come on. You, 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 that's, you grew up with that thing, right? Huh? Well, you say something. They won't say anything. You... Huh? Uh, YouTube camera. Those are just technologies. But through those things, what what else comes? Music comes, right? All kinds of music come. Am I right? Uh, movies. Whoa. Netflix. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know these things, but anyway, I sort of know them. Um, uh, TV and you know what, whatever, all the, with all the content that is just kind of coming at you, pushing to you. Um, what else? I mean, my huh? Social media. Social media. Oh my goodness. What's your, who's your favorite influencer? Is there such a thing called influencer? Um, I um, was told there's something called um, FAD, F-A-D. The acronym translated, it's called Facebook Addiction Disorder. It's FAD, F-A-D. So I thought about, there's another one called, I made this up, SAD. That may be Snapchat, addiction disorder. That's SAD. Okay. At least that should be an IAD. I would call that Instagram addiction disorder. I read it. I'm not making it up. These are psych. Uh, sociologists and psych psychologists, they, 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 they study these things. And I mean, it is coming. And I, uh, I don't need to talk about the, the games, the video games, and all manners of things. And, but, but my point is, all the, these noises, all this information, all these kind of megabytes of all kinds of things from the world, it just just non-stop pushing it to you, whether you like it or not. You just need to turn the on button and, and broom, the things will all come out there. You just need to choose one from your menu, and you're there, and this is without you doing anything. And how about you try to go and look for things, I mean, talk about stuff. And, uh, you know, okay, listen to this one. It's like, like you, have, you don't have enough problems and things to, 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 that you have to uh, take care of. Or, or, you know, today uh, they're telling you, hey, what gender are you? No one ever asked me that question when I was growing up. <laughs> so life was a lot simpler then. I just read yesterday 
someone said there are 100 genders and you have to choose among the 100. I mean, I feel very sorry for the young people today, like they're not busy enough, they have to spend time to choose their gender. And with 100 to choose, I mean, it's going to take time to research and find out which gender fits me and which gender I belong to. Am I right? And, and I just, I'm just trying to describe today the, the influx, the, uh, the uh, bombardment of all manners of things. Now, what's my point? With all this stuff, some you know, fake stuff and some real stuff, you don't know what is fake, you don't know what is real, whatever comes, comes, then you have even young people today, even political stuff start coming to you when you're young. And, and uh, all manners of things, the world's problem come at you and you're supposed to solve them, right? Am I right? You're supposed to fix the climate, am I right? You're supposed to uh, stop this global warming. You're, you're, you're supposed to... Uh, early on, they're just trying to save the whales. Now it's, no, you need to save the planet. And that's a, that's a tall order for a young person, you know? And all kinds of things. And along with all of this are uh, various kinds of what I call philosophies. You may not know that, but there's all kinds of philosophies that are coming at you. And, and uh, well, you don't mind me talking about it. You know, this week is Suicide Prevention Week. This week, okay? So today I Googled, Googled, just, just, just for the fun of it, Googled, tell me all the pop songs that talk about suicide. I never Googled that because I don't know. Because this is Suicide Prevention Week, so I said, hey, maybe I can find out a little bit. Boom. And there were several sites. Apparently, these people did a lot of, great deal of study. One site, a couple of sites, they started from 1970s or something like that, you know, way back when all the way to date, all the pop, all the rock songs that have talked about suicide, and in many instances, glamorizing and glorifying that. I read one site, at least 150 songs. And I look at the artists, some are just kind of nobody, you know. But a few are big names, big name rock groups, big name individual artists. And they even laid out the lyrics. I look at some of the lyrics. Some are kind of, you know, uh, not very clear. But if you know what you're, you know, little bit you will know what they're saying, but some are just absolutely blatant. That says what? That says, you know, you're not feeling good, you're feeling down on yourself, you are, uh, look, there's nothing wrong, you, uh, there's a better other side. Even some say there's heaven. 
There's heaven. Heaven is better than this. I think these songs today are known and sung not just by high schoolers. I think even much younger. Exposed to this. Where does that come from? And I talk about music. Not just suicide music, but music. You know, the whole rock and roll thing predated you by a long time. And when that thing erupted back in the 50s and 60s, you don't know, you don't know, even today, you don't know what's behind that. I'm not just talking about the guitar. I'm not just talking about the, 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 the music. I am talking about the philosophy, the lyrics, the, the, uh, the uh, uh, things that they're trying to push. They're based on philosophies, certain philosophies to life. Do you know one philosophy that has become prevalent, that very much uh, popular in the music scene? It's called nihilism. Do you know this word nihilism? Do you know what is nihilistic? That is the philosophy that says that nothing is valuable. Anything that is even valuable will become unvaluable of no value. That means everything is going to be a zero. So especially anything that is what we would call truth. No such thing as truth in this universe, and especially no such thing as moral truth, right and wrong. No such thing. Absolutely no such thing. So therefore, life, life, without all these, there's no truth to life. There's no value. Your, your life has no value. This universe has no value. And, 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 so, and so the conclusion is that Human existence is senseless, meaningless, no meaning. So it breeds the kind of thought that you just, since nothing has meaning, nothing has value, you're going to be over anyway. So you just live the way you want to live and do who you wish to do. You die young, it's okay. You die later, it's okay. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It's this nihilistic attitude towards life. And I'll tell you, you know that. How many this known big-time singers and musicians die at young ages? What? Okay. And... I'm not saying something against these people, okay? So don't take me wrong. I'm just sharing with you the, the, the real situation. So they just take oodo among of drugs. They, they, they drink oodos amounts of um, alcohol. They, they live a kind of totally undisciplined freestyle life. They eat when they want. They don't eat when they don't want to. They don't take care of themselves. They read these dark books, they, they absorb these dark things. You know, back in the 60s, it was things like the occult. Do you know the occult? Witchcraft, do you know? 
Today, these things are like common, mainstream. But in my days, those were like, whoa, whoa. I tell you, a lot of the, in my time, those kind of rock stuff came out of that source. And today, it is still pervasive there, behind the scenes. But you don't know it. You just like the tune, you sing along, you know what I mean? Put your earbuds on, that's it. But you don't know what is being pushed. You don't know the philosophy behind it. It is to what? It is, it brings you, listen, you, when I say you, us, into a kind of a thinking that I don't know what truth is anymore. There's no truth in this universe. That means there's nothing constant, nothing dependable, nothing trustworthy, nothing means anything. There's no God. That's, someone made that up. There's no truth. What truth is that? There's no such thing. You just live and die like an animal. And so you proceed to live that way. And so, you don't care, you just, you just. I tell you, I have, I know dear believers and Christians who contacted these things and got into these things a little bit too much. This whole realm. And eventually, they gave up even God. They rejected God. No God. Because God is truth. The Lord says, I am the truth. No such thing. What, 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 what Jesus? What, what, what? Now, maybe I'm spending too much time, but brothers and sisters, I want to tell you tonight. Now, here's the point. Here's the second main area. Today, there's no constancy. There's no truth. There's nothing that you can really depend on at all. Everything is fluid. Even your gender is fluid, okay? Or can be fluid. Everything changes. You don't know what to believe in. You don't know who to believe in. I like to tell you, brothers and sisters, we're all Christians. There's only one truth in the universe, and that is the Word of God. I can guarantee you that. Tonight, I'm going to guarantee you that. I hope none of you will be shaken by all the stuff that you're hit with including from your teachers, maybe, and other people. There's one thing I can tell you that now that I'm 60 years into my Christian walk, that one thing that is keeping me constant, anchored, fixed, and not blown about is the Word of God, the Bible. The Bible. I'll tell you, if you do not read the Word, 
that if you do not trust the word, if you do not know the word, you are just like this, what? This, these leaves that are just flowing downstream. Wherever the current takes you. You just, at the mercy of the current of the age. Gen Z, you have a current. Gen Y, they have their current. Gen X, they have their own current. Whatever the current will take you, you're going to go there. That is not the way for us to go on. You need, brothers and sisters, an anchor for your soul. You need a North Star. You need the truth. And truth is available. Truth exists. And the source is God himself. And the way this truth is known and realized is by none other than his word. I don't care if it's another thousand years, it will be the same truth. That will never change. Your sneakers may change in style. And the next generation after you may have some newfangled things going on. But I tell you, one thing, one thing does not change. And your life and my life needs that anchor. And that is the word of God. So I would like to challenge you to build up the habit to read the word. So simple. You say, I don't understand all these things. Look at all this stuff, you know. I don't worry about understanding. Just don't worry. You just what? You just read it. You just read it. And, and that, that, that truth will work. That truth will do something. That truth will make you solid. It, it will make you stand. It will, it will cause you to go on and not just drift. The Bible. Friends, sisters, the Bible. Read it. Read it. How about this? How about go back and talk to your parents or your mom, dad, I don't know, siblings. How about, and say, how about we read a few verses every day, just together. Or we need, let's read a verse together every day. Parents, those of your parents, I will tell you, you cannot invest better than to invest in this. That is to read the Bible with your child, your children, every day. You don't need to spend an hour. You don't even need to spend 15 minutes. You just spend five minutes just to read a verse. Read a passage and see what that will do. There's nothing we have to counter all these kind of noises, cacophony of philosophies and things that are thrown at you. That the more you read, the more you study, the more you don't know what to do. Okay. I'm beginning to bore you, I think, so I better get on with it. Uh, what time is it? 
843. Goodness, I'm, uh, I'm really I'm carried away. Okay. Uh, if I don't finish, uh, we'll just have another meeting, okay? <laughs> okay? The third thing, the third area I'd like to tell you. And this is the area that young ones, especially young brothers and sisters, I really am very serious about it. Just now I told you God loves you. Now I'm going to say something right now. The church loves you. You may not know that. You may not feel that. But I'm going to say that. The church loves you. And more specifically, I'd like to tell you, the brothers and sisters love you. God's love is unconditional. I cannot say the human love is unconditional. I cannot say that. Because we're fallen. But I can tell you that there are many, many brothers and sisters in the church that loves you. They really do. And I would also like to tell you that as a rule, your parents love you. They may not seem that way because they tell you to not do that thing or do that thing. Not very happy. Your parents love you. And that's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. And now this is my third point. That is go and find some older brothers and sisters. This could even be your mom. This could even be your dad. Or this could be just some brother or sister in the church. They may not even be your so-called serving ones, you know what I mean? They just, brothers and sisters, they love the Lord, they love the saints, they love you, they love the word of God. And confide in them. Open up to them. Talk to them about your problems, about your moods, about your feelings, about your questions. Now, I know that this is not, you just do it so easily. But I'll tell you, looking back at my own life, that every stage of my Christian life coming up, I have such brothers and sisters, older saints, I can tell you that, especially older saints. Before I was married, when I was in high school, when I was in college, when I got married, after I got married, I have different groups 
not a whole lot of people, of older brothers and sisters that just look after me, that cares for me and would listen to me. I tell you, without that, it would be hard for me to go on. So don't keep everything in yourself. Don't think that you can just do it all alone. There's no need to. You have today with the young people, I, you know, okay. This country have never seen in its history the rate of mental disorder, the rate of depression, whether it is from anxiety or from other sources of loneliness, of all kinds of psychological conditions and needs. We're all human. We all have these things. And in the church, listen, we're not here just to take care of your spirit and just the spiritual things. We're here, and I'm referring to that piece of paper, taking care of what our whole three-part being, spirit, soul, and body. In fact, it says in Thessalonians, Paul says, may the Lord keep and preserve your spirit and soul and body until the Lord's coming. Your spirit is important, very important. But let me tell you, your soul is very important. Your mind, your emotion, your psychology, your body even. So we're here. The church is here. We're not going to just say, hey, don't talk about this kind of stuff. Just turn to your spirit. I hope not. We won't just tell you, hey, you just need to call on the Lord louder. I hope not. We're not going to just say, hey, you just need more Jesus. Eat more Jesus. Although all these things I just said are true, are absolutely true statements. But as human beings, we all have certain needs and conditions. It depends. It depends. Mental disorders are not something to be ashamed about. They're not something that's to be stigmatized. They're not something that we shun. Just like your physical body can have sickness. So you can go see a doctor, am I right? You may have some disease or sickness in your psyche, in your psychological part, so you need some doctors, some professional caregivers to help, to diagnose and to help. There's nothing wrong with that. 
Now the church, of course, is not a hospital in that sense, like some hospital down the street. But I'll tell you, the church is where the physician lived. The physician, his name is Jesus. He said, I came to look for the sick, not for the well, because the well doesn't need anyone, but the sick needs me. I am the physician. The Lord is here to heal our whole being, spirit and soul, and eventually even our whole body. And that total healing one day would be what? Would be our glorification when the Lord comes. But young people, just because we're hearing more and more of this, what's medical professional call an epidemic among the young generation today, including your generation. We're burdened. We're concerned. We want to do what we can to help. But not only that, you may have just not those kind of needs, but you have other kind of needs. You cannot open it and talk to anybody, but there would be someone. And brothers and sisters, I speak now to the older brothers and sisters and parents and serving ones. The young people of the church, our young people, behold, look at here, our young people in this great family of God, our children, our next generation. They need not only some kind of general care and some kind of general meeting, they need specific shepherding, one-on-one, personal. They need someone that they can talk to. They need someone who would not be judgmental. They need someone who can listen to what they have to say. They need someone to understand where they are. They need someone to walk with them in this Christian journey that they are just starting on. And so I would say this fifth area is the saints. Many dear brothers and sisters in the church life that you can take advantage of, young brothers and sisters, and talk to them, fellowship with them. They will pray for you. They will help to the extent that they could. I at least can say that on behalf of myself and my wife. I cannot speak for others. I speak for myself and my wife. And nothing, listen, nothing is more gratifying to her and to me as a couple than to have that opportunity to be of some help, of care to a young one. College age, working age, all kinds of ages. Okay, I have two more and I'm done. 
All right, I know it's long night, okay? It's a little hard for you, but let me be quick about it. The fourth area, brothers and sisters, for you to go on with the Lord. Um, is to listen for you young brothers and sisters, okay, to serve in the church. Aha, uh -huh. you say, I'm so young, I don't know anything, I don't, haven't even read the Bible through once. No, you can do a lot in the church. In fact, in the church of Jesus, there's a place for you. The church needs you, young as you are. You're sophomore, you're freshman, I don't care. You're junior hires. Let me tell you, the church need you. This is your church, and you can contribute, and you can be engaged and serve. And I've seen so many young ones among us. You know, sometime I'm sitting there breaking bread in the bread breaking meeting, and there's these ushers, right, with a tag that come and pass the... Uh, bread and the cup. I look up and there was this kid, well, this young brother, like this. I said, what are you, well, I didn't say that, but in my heart, I said, who assigned you this? Aren't you a little young? Well, no, no. I learned to love to see so many young brothers and sisters engaged in the service of the church. This is your church. Just like in your family, your mom tells you to take the trash out, right? He didn't say you're too young to do that. He just said, do it now, right? <laughs> you can take the trash out in the church. This is your home. This is your family. I used to do that in the church when I was starting to serve. I don't know what I was doing, but I was doing something. And I was so happy because I feel part of it. This is my church. I'm making my contribution. And I did. I was so happy, so happy, so happy. And I would never leave this place. I belong here. I absolutely belong here. I have what you call ownership, sense of ownership. Wonderful. I wish you have to do that. You can do that. Don't just be one who just sit there. I'm nobody. Some serving one would just tell me what to do. No. You have to rise up to serve. Are you serving anything? Yeah, actually. Wonderful. What church? This brother. What's your name again? Dio. Huh? Dio. Dio. Yeah. D. T H E O. Dio. Oh. Okay, or whatever it is. Okay. <laughs> Our brother standing here, and what 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 um, uh, great. 10th grade, he is an usher in Hall 2 of the Great Church in Los Angeles. Amen. How about that? He, he, he does not give messages, I don't think. No, he doesn't. Um, no, he just ushers. You know, ushering is a great job. Great job. I mean, you get to tell the saints of the Most High where to sit. Now, that is, 
huge. That is a glorious occupation. I'm not joking. You know, and uh, let me tell you a secret to be a good usher. You want the secret? Okay, I'll tell you. That is, when you set up the chairs and you start ushering people, everyone, every chair you set up, you say a prayer for that chair. Not for the chair, but for whoever, <laughs> for whoever will sit on that chair. And anyone that come into the hall, then you greet them and tell them where to go, you say a prayer for them. You try that. You try that. I'll tell you, you may change that meeting. I did that when I was young. Not for too long, but I did that. I did everything. Do you know that? I was in college. I was ushering. I was in, in a chair arranging. I was um, um, in what we used to call mics. What do you call it? Tapes and mics. We used to have these tapes. Do you, do you know these things called audio tapes? There's such a thing, okay? Audio tapes, this 90-inch wheel. I was in tapes and mics, all right? And I serve in all kinds of things, children, young people. And I tell you, the more I serve, the more fulfilled I feel, the more I feel this is my home, my church. I love it. I love it. And, and if I don't show up, something's amiss. Something is missing because I'm not there. You know what I mean? Oh, sisters, my, there's so much you can do. You can serve the children. You can take care of children. High school, you can take care of junior high. Junior high, you can take care of children. You can take care of babies, you know? These, these newborn, right? They're cute, you know? Change the diapers. Learn that while, while you're young, you know? And, and music, music. We have a lot of gifted young people that can play piano, play guitar. I tell you, you can contribute so much, so much to the church. Even you can pray. You can uh, sometimes come to the prayer meeting. You can, oh, brothers and sisters, I like to tonight emancipate you. You are not too young for these things. You can serve the Lord in his church. Okay, last one. I'm done. Last one, okay? Just hang, hang with me just one more. The last one is, this month you may not believe, but witness for the Lord. Witness for the Lord. Testify for the Lord. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, talk about serving. Every time when you stand up to call a hymn, to say something in the meeting, even though it's not that heavy duty, but you do it, I tell you, each one of that is a offering to the Lord. Every time even you say, praise the Lord, at the Lord's table, you're serving the Lord. Oh, there's so much you all can do. So much you all can do. So the last thing is what? Is to witness for the Lord. To tell your friends, your your, your classmates, just one at a time. You don't need to stand on the soapbox. You can pray for them. The Lord will put someone in your heart, that girl that is sitting right there. That, you know what I mean? You, you know, you start, your heart starts beating. You know, you start having butterflies. That means the Lord is talking to you. I have that experience. 
And you just start pray for him. Pray for her. I tell you, in time, the Lord will give you an opportunity just to say something about the Lord. In this way, you share the gospel to these ones. And from your young age, you will be a commissioned person. You will be a person with a purpose involved in God's commission. Okay, these are the five things. These are the five things. Okay, what is the first one? Build up a personal, intimate relationship, regular relationship with the Lord by being with him, spending time with him. Number two? Read the word. Read the word, the Bible. Number three? You need companions for sure, but tonight I stress the older, dear brothers and sisters among us. Your uncles and aunts, your parents, your grandparents, they are your resources and help and shepherds. Number four, serve the Lord. Serve the Lord in so many ways. And number five, witness. Huh? Witness. Right. Speak for the Lord and witness for Christ and share the gospel with others where you are. I hope that is good. All right. Sorry I didn't get to interact with you that much, but I think this is good. Now, what time is it? 9.05. I overshot. Please excuse me and forgive me, okay? You can forgive me that. All right. Now, how about, how about uh, we just now just have a prayer, a simple prayer with your neighbor, all right, to close this meeting. Go ahead.